0: Go late, Selects, brought to you by Sky, watch new exclusive and unmissable content only on Sky. Go
1: out! Go out! Go out! So finally, ADO, after two and a half years, uh, seven different countries visited, upwards of 60 flights, dozens of train journeys, car journeys. The lurgy has caught up at me, dun dun dun, and I feel as weak. As a bishop's fart. <laughs> Let's do it!
2: Season's greetings. Welcome, one and all, to another episode of Go Loud Selects, a Go Loud Original, a Go Loud Production, brought to you by the good people at Sky with Simon Delaney and Aiden Power. One of us is in the podcast studio, and one of us is in. The first, second, third or fourth realm of hell?
1: Um, I'd say I'm circling the second circle of hell. I am currently in the isolation ward in Delaney Towers, otherwise known as uh, the Box Room. Do you have VHI
2: for that now? Is that covered?
1: It is, yeah, fully covered.
2: You're going to be getting slapped yeah. with a bill from the wife in a, in a week's time. Now,
1: in fact, my darling wife, Lisa, just recently dropped in a cup of tea, two chocolate Kimberly's and a sausage sandwich. And people wonder why I married her.
2: There you have it. That's very sweet. You do sound very, very <coughs> <coughs> sorry for yourself.
1: No, I'm not, I'm, I'm
2: grandly. <laughs> I'm i am only winded you up. I've
1: been diving into a couple of TV things. one of which I'll mention later on. But uh, now it's just shitty, isn't it? Jesus, I, I wrap for Christmas on, on Friday. We're on a Christmas hiatus now, as they call it in America. So luckily enough, I'm not due back on set till the 4th of January. Yeah, so I'm glad it's not Christmas week, I have
2: it. But well, it, in that It finally sense, got me the bastard. You've timed it so well, it didn't interfere with your work and it won't interfere with your Christmas
1: No, Santa will still be on time. Hopefully. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. That hurts
2: to (laughs) (laughs) laugh. Sentalirius. John Casey's here in in rude health. Yo, JC. John is sporting a rather festive. It's not quite the full turtleneck. Is there a name for that? Half. I'm going to call it a a chunky neck. A chunky neck. You've got a chunky neck. A chunky neck. Like a prop rugby player. (laughs) Jesus,
1: I've got COVID and you've got a chunky neck.
2: And I've got some recommendations from Sky. Go oh, for Kino. Segway. So Sky's recommendation this week, surprise, surprise, on Sky Cinema for the season that it is. You can see all their amazing Halloween... Oh, no, wait. Christmas movies and we when we talk about Christmas movies on Sky Cinema we are talking about the classics like White Christmas like Elf
1: I'm dreaming of I'm hallucinating now
2: do you want to do a line from each movie or whether that be yeah, a line yeah come on us? go okay. for it
1: see if, I, see if I can do that
2: festive uh classics like White Christmas
1: I'm dreaming of a, uh, uh, <coughs> I
2: can't say that with COVID carry on thanks uh, uh, Elf let's hear your best Will Ferrell Elf impression <laughs>
1: know the movie that well enough
2: John can, uh, you, can you be he's his, not Santa can you That's be it. his understudy uh,
1: you're not Santa and he goes <laughs> where's Santa where's Santa from Dublin <laughs> he, <laughs> said from, he sounded like he was from Balling there for a minute
2: you're not Santa you're not Santa, Santa. hey <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. oh lord alright
2: let's move on Scrooge your favourite one Si
1: uh, a line from Scrooge uh,
2: <laughs> I don't know I he, don't
0: he's your brother he's you know he's, he's family He goes. yeah you're right send him a very good
2: next is the Polar Express so you could just be choo choo there you go imaginative with that one Trading Places do you market. know who I am my name is Charles Winthrop III better and Christmas Vacation will be the final one but th- that we'll mention but there is many many more
1: that's some array of Christmas beauties to get stuck into, not it? I presume the likes of Miracle Thirty Fourth Street are all there, all that stuff as well. Sure, <laughs> sure," says so he, hoping there is. It is a certain Sky menu tonight.
2: All right, before we um, get into it, Simon, uh, you have a recommendation. Is it Christmas I related?
1: Uh, it isn't. No, it's uh, it is uh, Sky related though, because uh, it's available on the Paramount Plus platform. Which, thanks to the lovely people in the sky, we have access to. Uh, And it's called uh, Tulsa King. What is that place? It's a dispensary. Oh
3: my God, is he dead?
1: No, he's taking a break. This is how it's going to work. I'll protect you from the gangs. What? Gangs? And the law. This is legal. you got to know your risk. There was
2: no risk until you came along. Have you heard of this? The Tulsa King but I'm getting confused JC? with Yellowstone because I know there's remakes and uh, follow-ons yeah. to that. the King.
1: Wow, okay, you got to get on this, lads. This right. is a brand new uh, TV series uh, that is written by Terence Winter who brought us The Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire and other great works and it stars in the leading role. Let me tell you the story first and then I'll see if you can guess who the star is. <clears throat> there's lots of familiar faces from sort of the mob kind of movies and TV shows of the year. But it's basically about this guy who comes out of prison. He's done 25 years in prison in upstate New York. Uh, He was in the mob before he went in. He's still there. He kept his silence and he did his time. In other words, he took a bullet for one of the mob bosses and did the 25 years and he comes out of prison and he's called to a meeting of the family who are still in existence and still running parts of uh, Brooklyn and the Bronx and he's told uh, your award uh, for keeping your mouth shut for the 25 years you were in prison is we are expanding and we are opening new uh, avenues new cities and we're sending you to Tulsa
2: I know who and it is he, now because I've actually he, seen this trailer a lot yeah,
1: yeah so uh, this, this mobster is sent out to Tulsa and he's told to go and earn out there so he's going to start from scratch again out in Tulsa and it stars in the lead role Sylvester Stallone Yeah Is it and any I have good? To say, I have to say lads I watched four episodes of it last night from my sick bed It's fucking brilliant It's really really good When you see the team that are behind it and you see the cast and you see some very familiar faces um, like some of the Boardwalk Empire cast are in there the lads who are in Goodfellas are in there I recognise a lad
2: there who was in Ray Donovan Dominic Lombardozzi
1: that's right, mm. that's right, yeah. Um. There's a great cast in it, Dana Delaney's in there. Um. It's a really, really good cast, very well written, and it clicks along, uh, it's got great, what, what you describe as B and C storylines, so obviously all is not what it seems. Uh, when he gets to Tulsa, he's, and because he's been locked up for 25 years, he's no fucking idea what an iPhone is, what Google Maps are, a debit card, all this. Is
2: that where the, just keep... the kind of comedic side of it comes in? Exactly. Been, How much has this fucking of world changed?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. Um, so yeah, I'm four episodes in, and, and it's not all available to watch, at least not on my uh, Skybox. They seem to be dropping an episode uh, every week, because I think it was released five weeks ago, and I watched four last night. It was going to go straight into another one. It wasn't available, but I see today it's popped up, so I've got another episode of that to watch. But do get on it. It's really, really good, and I think it's going to be one of those series that... It might do two or three seasons because it's just so open ended. But if you like that kind of mob stuff, if you like that kind of fish out of water, it's not unlike the premise of. Do you remember that series of years ago? JC, I'm sure you watched this, um, the guy who played, it was in Sopranos, played the Consigliere, and he got he, he, he No, Lily Hammer. A la- Lily Hammer. Oh,
2: exactly. I've adored that. Steve steve Van yeah. Yeah. Who the fuck are you looking at?
1: Who the fuck are you looking at? Who
2: the fuck are you? <clears throat> Who
1: the fuck am I? I'm the fucking guy that's looking at fucking you? Who the fuck am I looking at? Who the fuck
3: are you looking at? Oh. who the fuck are um, are you uh, who the fuck am I, I'm looking who the fuck am I looking for? Yeah, it's yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah. So it's that kind of vibe in terms of the New York silk suit wearing mobster gets sent to Tulsa, uh, which has a low crime rate according to the show, and he has to start from scratch. And he starts in, uh, <laughs> in one of these uh, medical, uh, marijuana dispensaries because it's legal and he this is just fucking blowing his mind literally. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where he starts and he has to try and build up a, a bit of an empire while the while kicking back up to New York. And uh he's he's regarded by the family he worked for because he was always a good earner. So they kind of sent him out there to to do their work. Much like the boys were sent out to the desert in Las Vegas in the sixties to set things up out there. But it's really, really good and sliced alone I mean, he plays a 75-year-old man in this series and he's fucking ripped and he's really, really good in it. Um he does a little comic, touches beautifully in it. There's a lot, a lot of pathos in it. He's got, you know, great a great personal storyline in terms of he hasn't seen his daughter for 18 years. Uh, you know, his his old his younger brother is sick and he hasn't seen him in years. It's really, really good. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays out for the uh, uh, rest of season one. So that's on Paramount+, Plus, which is on our Sky platforms.
2: Thank you, Sky. Sounds great. I'm a huge Stallone fan. He pops up every now and again. On he's a bunch of uh, daughters, at least three of them, and they have their own podcast series, which is, I believe, is quite popular. And uh, they bring him on every now and again, just to kind of go, oh, "Embarrassing dad." And he's just, oh right, he's one of the coolest dudes. He's someone uh, I've always been a big fan of, and would love to meet one day. Yeah, he is 76. He was born in. There you go. 19. Uh, 19- 46, and it's look, it's the just it's the good diet that has him looking <coughs> that way these days himself, Absolutely. himself, and the rock. Mm. He's
0: unbelievably ripped. I saw a documentary years, well, years ago, six, seven years ago, he was getting in shape for a big role, and he was doing like this standing like he had, like I a, a wheel. Could you try
2: again? Sorry, John, my Siri uh, didn't get that. Would you like to try again?
0: <laughs> i was saying he was doing these like uh, really intensive Pilates where he was kind of standing, basically touching his toes, then. And using this wheel to completely stretch out, just engaging his core and back up again. Have you ever tried like, to do that? I couldn't do that with a gun to my head. That he actually, stupid.
1: he actually does something like that in the show. One of the episodes, he's staying in a hotel and he's in the gym and he's working out with these kettlebells and he's doing these really uh, strange lifts with the kettlebells. And this fucking gym monkey behind him goes, uh, "You know, you're doing that wrong, sir." He goes, "Excuse me. And you know, you're you got you got to keep your core straight and you got to bend your knees." He goes. How about I knock you the fuck out with one of these? <laughs> and if you don't wake up, then I'll go back to doing the old fucking way. The guy just walks away. I love it. The most impressive. Seriously, lads, get on it. Get yeah, on it.
2: The most impressive uh, workout exercise I ever seen him yeah. doing was uh, sit ups hanging off a rafter in a barn in Russia in Rocky. Gosh, four. we've all done that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, podcast listeners, one and all, I'm very surprised that joining us on the podcast this week. Actually, I'm not because there's no football on today. That's the reason he was able to prize himself away. It's the World Cup's biggest fan, and also the entertainment.ie <laughs> movie editor Brian Lloyd. We
3: timed it well, getting you on a day where there was no matches. You did, in fairness. And do you know something else? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little bit of a, a drop here, as it were. I'm actually uh, heading off on holidays at the end of the at the end of this year for three weeks, and um, the location was like, oh, so you're going because of the football? And I was like, what? It's right, I'm going, going to, to Argentina. Yeah. going. No, I'm going to Argentina. And oh, it was like, Jesus. oh, they're going to do well in the football. I was like, oh, you're going there for the celebrations. It was like, I didn't... Are, are, are they doing well? They do Brian, well, apparently? Yes?
1: I'll give you €100 euro if you can name the four teams that are left in the tournament.
3: I'm going to presume it's Argentina, right? That's one. Uh, Morocco, I think, are in there as well, They're in the quarterfinals. Yeah.
1: Aiden, don't be whispering to me. Um,
3: I know... France are still left in, I know, because That's there was a jo- because there was a joke about Morocco and France because it was a post-colonial thing. I wouldn't uh, make a joke about that, but anyway. Um, so, uh, uh, Brazil? <clears throat> but hardly Brazil. No, <clears throat>
1: uh, hard
2: look. It's Croatia. Croatia. Three out of four ain't bad. Jesus, yeah. as someone once sang about. That well, actually is a pretty interesting lineup, isn't it? Is it? Likes, like, yeah. Yeah, it's been a great World Cup, plenty of surprises, and we will talk more about the World Cup <laughs>
3: in the very final... When you, when you leave the building. <laughs> yeah, well, as soon as I'm, yeah, as soon as I quit the building, talk all you want. I and won't we be get here. to our
2: final World Cup quiz of the year. 2022, the good, the bad and the ugly. Brian, seeing as you are the guest and you have uh, an appointment to keep, which is not a plane trip to Argentina, you have more pressing matters imminently, but maybe you want or don't want to reveal that
3: oh yeah well I'm going to be interviewing Salma Hayek um, right after oh, this gents listen it's always fun but you know some of, some of these you know you just got to take one for the team sure, you know what I mean sure. you just got to someone's got to do the hard work mm. of interviewing Salma Hayek
2: you're and, the real and, people in this society I, yeah, I admire yeah, Brian I you really know what I mean do.
3: like you just got to sometimes you just got to put your face to the cold face as it were you know what mm. I mean like you got to shoulder these burdens and that's what I'm going to do right after this
2: so Aww. how do you want to do this boys we keep it simple we go best and work worse than we start with films yeah alright Brian have
3: either you? Have any of you seen it yet? I think no? we sh- we should
2: hold our hands up and say you recommend a lot of great films. Yes, yeah, fair. We don't always follow. You true don't always and get to true. see them all.
3: it's it's the busy life such is the toil of a film critic you know what I of, you're telling people to watch all these great films and you'll probably I can honestly say one of the most rewarding things is when somebody comes to me and says oh yeah I watched that film after you said it was great yeah it was great that's always like bam okay so now we know how to make Brian happy The Quiet Girl Brian on your recommendation and thanks for it I loved it as well. Did you go see it? What did you enjoy you more did. about it than me? Ha 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 No, this is brilliant. Um, so this is the highest grossing Irish language film ever made. It is one of only, uh, I want to say, 40 films or maybe 45 films that has a 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes. It is being seriously talked about for a Best Foreign Language nomination and a possible... Why are
1: you violent. calling it the Quakers? It's on Colin Kuhn. Is
3: it? it is Colin, Colin Kuhn, yeah, but I mean, it's... The choir internationally. The, internationally, they're calling it the choir girl. Ah, oh, uh, okay, so you know. the
1: Americans know what the hell we're talking about.
3: Exactly. Yeah, but um, I thought this was brilliant. I thought this was so good. I I cannot shut up talking about it. Um, Andrew Bennett, brilliant in it. Carrie Crowley, brilliant in it. Looks incredible. Um, the young girl in it as well, fantastic. Um, and. You know, I was saying this before, but like, there is that sort of tendency, especially with Irish language films, that. You know, we can look at them and say, oh, it's brilliant. It's really, really good. But does it kind of, will it actually translate to a foreign audience? Is it just us kind of bigging up our own and not actually kind of giving it a kind of an even key, an even read with an international audience? And I think but also if
1: the the movie was French or Italian or Spanish, would they be going apeshit about it in the country going, God, this is a masterpiece?
3: Exactly. That's my point. You see, that's the thing. And people have been. And I think, you know, people outside of Ireland who have seen it have been absolutely taken by it. And it's not hard to see why, because it is one of those films that will stick with you forever, I think. Um, It's a film that has not a huge amount of kind of story going on. It's about a young girl who gets sent to her uh, distant relatives. She's been kind of neglected by her family. Kind of a question about whether or not possibly that she's even been come from an abusive household or something like that. But when she goes into the house with Carrie Crowley and Andrew Bennett, automatically is cared for, begins to flourish. And then you realise that there actually is a bit of a sort of a dark tragedy that's befallen Carrie Crowley and Andrew Bennett's characters that isn't really spoken about. It's brilliant. It's about kind of... The idea of childhood, the idea of, you know, parents and adults sometimes have these entire lives and conversations that children necessarily don't see, but only kind of catch glimmers of. It really gets it from that perspective, which I think is interesting. And it's just it's really beautifully well told and really it's a simple story, but beautifully told. And I think that for me makes it the best film I've seen this year. It's it's the one that stayed with me again and again and again.
1: Can I just add, uh, you're mentioning Carrie Crowley and Andrew Bennett. Mm. I'm fortunate enough to know both of them, work with both of them. They are two of the nicest people in the business that are working. And and I've had you know, I think it needs to be you need, we need to doth our caps to anybody who has kind of longevity uh, in this business, particularly in Ireland because it's not an easy way to make a living. And no. these, these two guys have been working consistently. Carrie Crowley is one of those all-rounders as well. Phenomenal singer. Has done a lot of musical theatre. Andrew Bennett again an absolute gentleman i am delighted that this is going to be a whopping success for them in terms of next february would you agree brian
3: definitely definitely i mean i know it's been screened mm sorry it's been screened in la for awards voters uh this coming friday and i've already talked to a few people in la that are going to see it and apparently the screening for it is booked out
1: now, I remember interviewing the husband and wife team behind this later yeah.
3: on this year. Uh, and uh, they Colum were talking and, about... Um, somebody else, I, I forget his wife's name.
1: Well, they were talking about that come Christmas there will be a shortlist. Now, their plan was to even just make that shortlist. So they've done that, have they? And then it's narrowed down again.
3: Yeah, they're on the long list. They're not. I I believe they're on the shortlist. The nominees right. will be announced um I want to say, Jan- first week in January, second week in January, and then the actual awards will take place in beginning of March. But yeah, I mean, it's been screened. <clears throat> it's been screened for Academy voters this Friday, and the likelihood is is that out of that, then it'll be shortlisted and nominated and so on and so forth. But and we have everything crossed. But, but yeah, but I mean, it's it's like I mean, Variety. I've been talking it up. Deadline, have been talking about like all the trade Bibles, all the trade Bibles that yeah. Academy voters would read and pay attention to, it's on their radar. So, But regardless of whether it was to win or not, that will not diminish no, the brilliance not of this film. Not in the slightest. And I mean, it'd be again, a great win. It'd
2: be fantastic. It would be huge great, for the industry in Ireland. Sure.
1: Even if it doesn't, you know, the fact that it's nominated, hopefully it goes on to win, Brian. It'll be huge for the filmmakers yes. in terms of you know opening future doors in terms of projects and financing stuff they will have people knocking at their door
3: oh definitely yeah they won't have to They won't have to walk out to meet it like mm. it will come to them now like that's it's definitely. the abracadabra gold card of hollywood is it oh yeah 100% it? oh yeah yeah it's, but it's Nando's
2: gold card oh Ooh. look at him showing up yeah look at,
3: that, huh? look at that. <laughs> um, but yeah no, definitely like it'll it'll do huge things for colin braid and again couldn't happen to nicer people Especially with Carrie Crowley and Andrew Bennett yeah. as well. Okay. Well, look, and it's, an,
1: and it's a Nando's an black card, by the way, isn't it? Not gold. I, don't
0: know. Do I do? don't know
3: I thought it was a black card for Aberkababra and I thought it was a gold card for Nando's I thought it was the other it's way. Not right? like
0: a, it's not like a platinum lounge card for Aberkababra or something
1: <laughs> I didn't know Aberkababra had such a thing and if they, they do why the fuck have I not got one because I'm pretty know? sure i put most of their management staff through
2: college
3: <laughs> at this stage and actually I remember as well what's his face Colin Farrell was talking about it before. That's where it all started yes. or certainly
2: popularised it and, and the the myth is that there's five people who have them the fartler being one of them and I think Bono probably no a member of Boyzone
3: as well so it's such bullshit. Why did it? Like this is the thing that I always laugh about. These things. Why the fuck did they give these things to these people?
2: They don't need them. Publicity, Brian. Publicity. Yeah. Okay. So the first time you recommended this movie, we should have paid more attention. Now the second time you've recommended, we have no excuse between us all mm. to go and watch this movie. It's an absolute must must see. Simon, do you want to go next? Do you have a film of the year? Um, I didn't. I didn't get out
1: much to the cinema this year, uh, which is terrible. Um, but. The movie that I enjoyed most in the cinema this year was uh, Spielberg's West Side Story. because I'm such a fan. It's my favorite musical. I love the original. I love the stage production. I was worried about what he was going to do with this and what he did with it was absolutely beautiful. He expanded on the musical score. He added little uh, changes in terms of principal casts that were played by different people this time around. Uh, I love the fact that he had Rita Moreno from the original back in this remake playing the character of Doc, who was originally played by a man in the original, um, and I just thought it was gorgeous. I thought the main casting of Tony Maria was spot on and it swept the Oscars. And it took a couple of Oscars. I can't remember the girl's name played Anita. Um, what's her name, Brian? Um, Double barrel name. Um, she was the first lesbian woman of color, I think, to win yeah. an Oscar or something. Geez, uh, no, she was phenomenal. Yeah, in she was so brilliant. in terms of cinema, that would be my pick this year. That was incredible to experience in the cinema with that soundtrack. Uh, that incredible Steven Sondheim soundtrack uh, and Leonard Bernstein. Just a, a magical
2: piece of work. Okie okay, doke. I'm just going to go for a pure blockbuster fun one. You're no going to say fucking
1: Top Gun. I know that he is.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Don't think. Just do. Come on, Lucy. You
1: got it. Drop down and take the shot. It's too low. Too late. Head's chance.
2: Not enough. You yep. bet I am. I feel the I, need. Absolutely. Do you know what? I'm I still not,
1: haven't seen it. Look,
2: I know it's not a great film. No, I have it on. It's it's my number three in my top ten of the year. But I cannot forget how it made me feel in that first sixty seconds of me sitting in the cinema seat on a Wednesday or Thursday morning, the day after it was released at eleven a.m. with about eight other people, and the feeling I got from that hairs on. Every bit of my body that has hair, which is not, which is not a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, purely and simply for that, you know, Tom Cruise, in, in a movie sense for me, can do very little wrong. He is the last movie star. That's it. Tom Cruise is the last movie star. There's a premise really? for a, a movie. Tom Cruise dies
3: and then what happens? I mean, I, do you know something? Like, this is the thing. Like, I really don't know what's going to happen when he kicks it. Because
2: what about, Tom, what about Tom Hanks? He'll probably come back as a as an alien. Like, okay, or, I'll put it to you this way. Tom Hanks
3: has a film out uh in two months' time. Does anybody know the name of it? The Terminal Two? Nope. <laughs> anyone anyone know any idea? Castaway Two. Anyone know any idea? again. again. It, do you it know, it know what it's about? The return? <laughs> do, you, do you know what it's about? Anybody know what it's about even? No. Philadelphia, okay. the musical. I have
2: heard something, but my memory isn't the best. So I know he's involved in producing um, the latest Band of Brothers yeah, Masters spin-off of the Masters air, yeah. of there, which the, the lad who played Ooh. Elvis is one of the leads yep. in it and there's probably a massive ensemble cast. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that as a TV series. However, what having, having seen The Pacific, I'm not as excited as it would have mm.
3: been. Um, okay, yeah, what is this? That's my point. Yeah. That's my fucking point. Nobody knows what he's up to. Nobody knows what Tom Hanks is up to and it's not that well, But that's lacking. good, isn't it? Well, no, that's the thing. Like, it's... He's making... Okay, so the film is called A Man Called Otto. Don't you dare let that little red dog piss on my walkway again.
2: Ignore him, Prince. He has no idea who's doing that. Well, it was one of
3: you. And it's basically, he's this very, very angry man. It's kind of like a film that Robin Williams did shortly before he died. And it was called The Most Angriest Man in New York, I think it was. But it's, it's a small kind of character piece. I'm sure it will be very, very good. I'm sure Tom Hanks will be fantastic in it. But to suggest that Tom Hanks is at the level that he was... 25, 30 years ago when he was doing Philadelphia or when he was doing
1: Yeah, but Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise won't be doing blockbusters in 25 years time for a fuck's sake Do you want a wheelchair to fucking do that Do you, you want a bet? I mean? Yeah,
3: he's fucking the... 60 jumping off buildings like That's what I'm saying and he's yeah. got like he's got Mission Impossible and what's his
1: next movie? Is he jumping off another fucking building? Yeah, he is
3: he? Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 oh, I've seen on the trailers I'm very, fun. very excited about really? it Have you seen
1: the trailer? Here's a clue of you It's like the last one
3: But you know what? Simon, look, right? I'm talking... Like, right, okay. I'm talking about a movie star. I'm not talking about a film actor. Hmm. I'm talking about right. a movie who star. Can a movie. You know, you know, know, who can fucking open star. a
1: movie? The Rock is a movie star. That's what you want
3: to know. The, the Rock is a movie star. No, he's not. Black Adam fucking tanked. And that was meant to be like the big fucking blockbuster thing of the year. Yeah. wet fart of a film You so see
2: certain names attached to a film and it's probably a, an ever-diminishing list You go, I'm in
3: Yeah, that's it That's the thing Like, You have well, to forget I think forget. that's just a
2: personal choice though, Brian it? It's not
3: Simon, I'm yeah. telling you The I, numbers add up No, it's not even that uh, The thing I always remember is I remember I was talking to a critic once and <clears> he used to work actually out by Your Way um, the cinema out by Kulak and he, he said for years he used to think that people read reviews and all the rest of it and were kind of up to it and He said, it's not true at all. They'll literally just rock up to the ticket desk, look up and say, ah, yeah, give me one there for Tom Cruise. Ah, fuck it, give me one there for Bruce Willis Willis or whatever. They don't even give a Mm -hmm. shit. They'll just see the name and they'll go to it.
1: Yeah, but that's because the Omniplex and Coolock where I went to, if the title was anything longer than The Terminator, we just fucking gave up.
3: Right, but (laughs) my point being that... In terms of, like, box office. In terms I love of you, like, Kulak.
1: Big up to my hood.
3: But uh, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, is in it's, I
1: do. No, I know. He sells a movie. That's fair enough. He fair
3: sells enough. a movie. Whereas nowadays, and this is kind of what Quentin Tarantino was talking about recently enough as well, is that it's characters now that people line up for. Is in, people will line up to see a Batman film. They won't line up to see Michael Keaton. They'll line up to see Batman. People but dare won't. I
1: say it, Brian, this is a wider discussion. It is. I read somewhere someone like Tarantino. That's that's we could do an episode on him, by the mm. way, because I'm sure we'd have differing opinions on him, sure, or maybe not. Um, but is cinema dying if not dead? Because all keep them open is the Marvel universe.
3: Yeah, I wonder, I really do wonder about this myself. I don't know, to be honest, I really don't know. It's scary, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but even by saying that, I mean. You know, like in the 60s, cinemas were dying off. You know, after Ben-Hur and all the rest of it, you had all Mm. these like sword and sandal epics that were falling flat with audiences like El Cid. And then came the 70s, you had the new Hollywood movement, you had Brian De Palma, you had Scorsese doing Mean Streets, you know, you had Spielberg doing Jewel and all the rest of it. So like, it it comes in waves.
1: Like even if you take Christmas, and I don't know what you think about this, but like... I remember when I was a teenager, there used to always be a big, if, if not two or three, big Christmas movies coming out that you were looking forward to. I couldn't tell you what's on the fucking cinema at the moment.
3: It's Avatar is the big film this week, but I mean, I
2: haven't been showing yes. it yet. Yeah. I'm not yeah. No, I do I do probably. agree with you in that regard, Cinema, uh, cinema Simon. Simon Cinema. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> safe, I've been called worse by thing. you, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um it has changed a lot over the years and, and like the obvious biggest shift in it is there is still Christmas movies being made mm. but you're going to watch them at home on your streaming services. I know um, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Will Ferrell have made yep, what spirited. would possibly be the biggest one this year, mm. the most commercial
3: mm. release. I'm sure The Rock's in for them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like it's, you're right. I mean in terms of like films that would draw people to cinemas around this time of year, I mean Avatar 2 is going to be the one they're going to try make it that. Mm
1: and according to James Cameron that needs to make 2 billion to break even isn't that insane Now, is
0: just james
2: billion. big balls cameron that is insane now, johnny you were once million. a gambler that's a fucking gamble. yeah that's ridiculous now he's going to break like,
0: even he's going to have to put like a, a tiny percentage of tax on every american's paycheck for next year just to completely guarantee he'll make his money back. The, ca- the Cameron levy. The Cameron <laughs> levy. <laughs> yes. that, so you see, ridiculous? the
1: thing is, he's, he's not worried about making money back. His backers are. He got, his, he got paid his fee and he's on points. So he's sitting at home going, yeah, it needs to make two billion to break even. But that's not me that's breaking even.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's break away from uh, predicting the the demise. <clears throat> yeah, or yeah not. that went of,
1: very Barry Norman-esque of, there. Of, there of discussion on Sunday.
2: Jono,
0: what's your film at 22? Uh, by favourite cinema experience of this year Uh, and again the pedantic among us might argue it was actually a 2021 film but I saw it at the very very start of the year was Licorice Pizza
3: Why would you do that? Why would you do that? He was maybe going to be my boyfriend Listen young lady you don't bring this idiot to Shabbat dinner here Listen dad he's an atheist and an actor and he's famous But he's Jewish He was going to take me out of here Don't you even look at me Don't you even look at me You're always looking at me I what are you didn't doing? Even say anything. What are you doing? What are you thinking, huh? I'm Essie. I work for Mom and Dad. I'm perfect. I'm a real estate agent. Alana doesn't have her life together. Alana brings home stupid boyfriends all the time. I mean, I knew it. I knew that was what you were thinking. You're always thinking things, you thinker. Oh yeah. Which
0: I loved. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. You had uh, Cooper Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. His first role at fifteen. Incredible mm-hmm. in it. Alana Hayme. She was like, I think playing a 28-year-old, an unlikely love story. It had all the energy and colour of kind of late 60s, early 70s, West Coast America, uh, all the optimism, none of the serial killers, thankfully. Um, Great soundtrack too. Amazing soundtrack. Yeah. It was like American graffiti on steroids. It just felt like all the kind of ice cream, kind of whites and greens and kind of browns. Uh, everyone was just in love with their cars, all of the bungalow houses, like the the beautiful... Kind of shots of kind of sundown. It was an amazing experience, but also you had like really good cameos, like Bradley Cooper plays uh John Peters. W- yes, this guy knows the stuff. Uh, Barbara
3: Streisand's uh, boyfriend, yeah. uh, John Peters, the the hairdresser.
0: A, no, anybody? Simon,
3: come on, you must know. I don't read. So, do you read Hello do magazine you, to know do do these I things? Do I know the name of
1: Barbara Streisand's hairdresser? <laughs> Is that what you're no, me?
3: her boyfriend, John Peters. <laughs> come on, I thought you would have known that, Simon. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah, he's, so he's a not, freak. No. Anyway. So you're presuming
1: because I like musical theatre that I'm a fan of Barbra Streisand. That
3: no, 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 no. Just like John Peters, like as you, as a school of you know old school Hollywood and cinema. And over, no, it doesn't well. ring a bell, John Peters. No, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, just two thoughts
2: on your particular film, John. The minute you said licorice pizza, my mouth is instantly trying to imagine what that would taste like. <laughs> yeah. And secondly, you talk about offsprings of actors. Just note for a future podcast, sure. we should do a piece on sons and daughters who became actors as a result of the mother, the father.
0: I think if Cooper Hoffman cut it off here, went back to school and never made another film, his little uh, contribution to Hollywood would be be secure because he's amazing in it. Just unabashed, just has an innocence to him, but he plays this kind of hustler, like he's trying to make money any way he can. And it just had that sense of, and it's always been that, like, that quote-unquote American dream, good idea, hard work, and you can make a shitload of money very quickly. And it seemed to be kind of
2: open season back then. All right. US goes, but cutting it off sounds extreme. But for the for the purposes of time, because Salma Hayek is uh,
3: she 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 beckons, sitting
2: yeah. in a hotel waiting for Brian. We, we'll do oh, one dear. more, and I, I guess let's keep it to the the best ofs as opposed to the worst. Sure. So we will go with TV show, Brian. Next. The
3: bear. Twenty-five pounds. No, no, no. I ordered two hundred. What is beef? You still got that meat connected? Get twelve fifty for that on eBay. Boom. I have been singing and dancing about the bear. Simon, I remember I was trying to get you to watch it as well. You can watch it now. It's on Disney Plus. Very briefly. It's about uh, a chef who returns to his family restaurant in Chicago. Previously, he had been working. Yeah. Previously, he'd been working in New York um, at this very, very prestigious restaurant. His brother died by suicide. He returns to Chicago to take over the family restaurant. While there, he discovers, you know, a kind of unlikely uh, kind of unlikely crew of people there that he kind of learns have a much deeper connection with his brother than he realised because he's been estranged from his brother. Uh, Jeremy Allen White is the main guy in it. Soundtrack is brilliant. The best way I could describe this is imagine if Martin Scorsese directed an episode of Hell's Kitchen. And you're kind of on the right track. That's <laughs> oh, really what I'm it's all like. Over there. And like, Simon, shit. I am fucking telling you, man, you would be all over this. You I'm going to do it because
1: I'm in self isolation at the moment because I currently have the Lurgy, so I should be diving into
3: it. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. It's brilliant. It's called The Bear. It I is incredible. And like, the short episodes as well, they're like 30 minutes a piece, so you can blast through it in like two days nice. if there's nothing else going on. Awesome. Please, 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 everyone who's listening to this, watch The Fucking Bear. It's incredible. I loved it. And like we're talking about like the death of cinema and all the rest of it and blah 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 blah. The kind of stuff that I that I get my jollies out of that I really really love they're on TV now. That's the thing. They're on TV yeah, now. The, the bear is like the best thing I've seen this year. Be it in cinema, be it on TV, <clears throat> be it on streaming, be it whatever. The best thing I've seen this year, bar none, is the bear. So fucking watch that, please. Wow. Definitive. That's not
1: so much a recommendation more threat, really.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> if I come yeah. around there and give you a knock, I'll do it. Like You <laughs> know what I mean? He's got, okay. he's got too close... Uh, <laughs> clenched fists like I mean I'm doing a lot of boxing at the minute you know like anyway if we want to throw shapes here we can I got Jack Johnson and Tom O'Leary let's all right. fucking go alright keep that
2: right hand a little bit higher Why? but anyway
3: Simon.
1: so Brian off you go tell Simon we all said hello I oh, will
3: indeed yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> not creepy thanks Brian creepy. good luck so Simon favourite TV Disney. show of the year if if you can pick just one because I know there's been a couple oh. of good ones you've
1: enjoyed yeah, there's been a couple of crackers, but I have to give it to the offer. You
2: look
1: like shit. Still prettier than you, buddy. Yeah, um, no surprise. Another show like Brian that I wax lyrical about. Uh, and I'm glad to say, actually, that when we spoke about it on the podcast, uh, a couple of our dear listeners jumped on, on board and watched it and came back with lovely positive feedback. Well, can uh, I tell
2: you, Simon, after you recommended it, for weeks afterwards... I heard other radio shows talking about it, other reviews on various different podcasts. And I was like, Simon... was in before everyone else with that one. I was like, "You're <laughs> yes. also late to the party."
1: So, anyone hasn't seen it, it's it's the uh, it's a ten part uh, one hour limited series on Paramount Plus, which our good friends at Sky and provide us with. God bless them. Uh, it is the story of the making of the Godfather, uh, Part One, and it centres around um, Albert S. Ruddy, who was the producer of the Godfather, played brilliantly by uh, Miles Teller. Uh, a supporting cast of Giovanni Ribisi and uh, Matthew Iffins uh, a staggering cast brilliantly directed by amongst others Dexter Fletcher uh, very stylistic set in the 70s obviously the music the soundtrack the look the performances the script uh, A plus right across the board if you haven't seen it and you do have a bit of time over Christmas after you finish watching The Fucking Bear as Brian called it <laughs> get on the uh, get on the offer It. Uh, It's going to take some beating, I think, next year even, but I've got a couple of other potentials in there as well. But the offer, please watch it.
2: Yeah, and I did on your recommendation, and I would absolutely agree that, for me, would be TV show of the year, but not to parrot you, I will go for another one, and mine would be the Danish political drama Borgen. And you'll go, whoa, 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 that's been out a long time. It has. The first season of it uh, aired in 2010, and there was uh, three seasons in total, but this year they commissioned and released, they released a fourth series called Borgen, Power and Glory. And it picks up the story several years on. And it is a political Danish drama, tells the story of the the inner workings of uh, Denmark's political system, uh, focusing primarily Mm -hmm. on a central female character who is a Danish politician who goes on to be their first female prime minister. And it also then, in tandem with that, tells the story of certain main characters who work for the main television station their equivalent of RTE and the primetime programme and all that wow. kind of stuff. It is so riveting and interesting and educational.
1: And it's, I've never seen any of it so I'm going to go in there and I have to oh, go
2: there. Well, it's, there's, there's plenty of eating and drinking within it. Four seasons of good. it and the new season of it this year. Having had a break for a good few years, uh, is just as good, if not possibly the best season of it, to to tie it up in a bow. But what I like about it, there's it, there's there's an open-ended ending to it too. So, Borgen, mm-hmm. and, and it was a complete surprise. I thought it was done after three seasons and I really missed it. The fact it came back this year, it comes a very close second to me, uh, for me, to the offer. So, Borgen, again, if you've not seen it, because I don't know how long you're going to be in that bedroom of yours, Mr. Delaney. Uh
1: Five days, according to the HSE.
2: Is that where it's at now? And uh, I, I, I so suppose yeah. I should ask on behalf of all our podcast listeners, how are you?
1: I'm all right. I feel like I'm being over by the 17A, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm still able to speak, with, uh, which would make some people unhappy, but I'm able <laughs> to do this. And is speaking of eating and drinking, I did see an episode of uh, Rick Stein. Uh, where he uh, met the lead actress in Borgen. can't think of her name, but he was on one of these city breaks. I think it was Oslo. Uh,
2: I'll give you her name now. She's, she's a stunningly beautiful woman yeah, as well. As a but he, 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 and She's popped up in a couple of other things. Uh, yeah, well,
1: he's a hu- he was a huge hmm. fan of that show. And then when he was traveling around this city, he said, who better to meet and get a vibe for the city? And he met her in like this sort of bistro, patisserie, coffee shop thing. And they sat and they had a chat and she talked about food and what food meant to her and all that kind of stuff Okay, attem- quite beautiful I'll, I'll,
2: I'll attempt to pronounce her name Sidsey S-I-D-S-E Sidsey Babette Nudsen best known exactly. for her roles in Borgen she also starred in Inferno with Tom Hanks in Westworld the Duke of Burgundy she was in an episode of Ted Lasso also uh, which uh. rings a bell now and uh, The Simpsons she played Danish woman in one episode in 2018 uh, there you go yeah. uh, and she, she's, she's quite captivating um, right, Jono, your, your TV show of the year
0: Watch a lot of TV this year um, One that I've actually gotten onto Relatively recently But it's beautiful when you see a show That actually has quite a few se- uh, seasons behind it already And that's better things
3: You could be a shopper You guys are good at math The accounting department of a TV show Of a movie And you could be the face that hands people Their
0: cheque Because I know personally you?
3: What
2: is that? Oh, no, no, no,
0: no, no, no. Don't Google me. Don't don't, 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 don't. Google me. Originally made, produced, and created by one Louis C.K. and Pamela Adlin. You'd recognise her from lots of kind of voice work stuff. She's done a few bit part roles. She would have played this son on King of the Hill, among other stuff. And that's in it. Like, it's very kind of, uh, I suppose, draws on her own life. She's got three daughters living in L.A. Uh, She has her mum, who's a British actress. A lot of people would recognise Celia Imrie a few doors down who's wrecking her head anytime she can get the chance Uh, she has the the ex-husband who's bleeding her dry just very enjoyable Um, a lot of stuff when it's handled I suppose in a very straight ahead manner very boring and predictable this is not anything but it's like peak Louis CK Louis I should say the first couple of seasons but with Pamela as the central figure she's an amazing focal point she's very funny nothing's kind of off the table for her like stuff she's discussed even the last episode I saw um, it was, yeah, it was. I, I was shocked. It involved a gynecologist and uh, her being terrified of early <laughs> onset of um, the menopause. But anyway, it's the interplay between her and her daughters, the kind of general headspace that we see. We get kind of uh, very much an insight into how what she's thinking the whole time, and it's it's never boring. Uh, but it's the stuff on set. I think Simon, you'd enjoy where she's on some movie that costs maybe three million. A first time director, her head is wrecked by their uh, pedantry and lack of risk. <laughs> and they're just doing be take bear. after take after take. Oh. And she's like, it's done. It's done. There's this one great scene, I won't, I won't keep you all day, where she's in this car. It's going to be a CGI green screen in the background. And your man is going, her husband is wrecking her head and he's going Meh, eh, the whole time. And she's like, can you just stop doing that and let me drive? And they show her doing about 35 takes of that. It's just to keep trying it differently every time. Can you just stop and let me tra- let me drive? can you just stop and let me drive like it was
2: and again your head is wrecked even watching it I was going to say many times you watch bloopers of TV shows particularly comedy shows and even recently the 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 Afterlife series with Ricky Gervais they put up the the bloopers and like millions of people watch it because they all love the show but after like five Outtakes of that take you? Like, okay, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was funny. Simon, uh, what's the most takes that's ever took you to do a particular line in a scene? Jesus! All right, are you one hit um, wonder, Delaney? Or are you Warren Beatty like in your approach?
1: Nail it! Nail it. Uh, I would tend to name it, but it, it is very easy to get the giggles. And uh, <laughs> <clears throat> quite recently, in uh, in this current shoot, actually, I was doing a scene, uh, very heavy scene where uh, there was an interrogation happening like four or five pages of dialogue and I had a particular line which I won't repeat because I might give stuff away but I kept getting the the name wrong and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we shot my coverage and then it turned out to shoot the other actor's coverage and when I got to that part I fell to fucking jelly and it took us a good 20 minutes well when I say us, me to get my fucking shit together and just stop giggling like a fucking bloke who farted down the back of the classroom. <laughs> but it happens all the time, and it, and it happens all the time when it's the most serious moments, you know.
0: Can I ask you, Simon? Is there something, a memory or a situation you can think of that just calms you down and gets you serious again when you're in that in that? Uh, headspace? That's exactly
1: what you try to do. You try to go to a place where you don't like to live normally, but uh, hmm. you need. Sometimes you do need to get up, get out, and fucking walk away and shake it off outside and you do like you know it gets to the point where the crew will piss themselves laughing for 5-10 minutes and then you'll see fucking producers arriving and they're going okay we're losing the fucking day here and they'll cut and they'll tell you to go out and take a 10-1 which is go for a piss or just go out and get a cup of tea or whatever you need to do but let's break it up and come back and reset and that's the point where you go oh fuck yeah I forgot we're all getting paid to be here we're on a schedule you know
2: I know but, the, but yeah the, there's a window of opportunity there but for the moment uh, where it's, yeah. it's still fun oh, it's, it's that hilarious. feeling of being in yeah. school and being bold and knowing you're in so much trouble of being in mass and yeah. one starts laughing and then the shoulders yeah. go and it's just like
1: oh it's fuck. I've had many to take what I've been doing a take and I haven't gone but I'll see the fucking cameraman's shoulder <laughs> shaking like he's <laughs> and he, they're barely keeping their shit together when you, get, when you can get through text like that you're in, you're in good stead
0: and obviously YouTube is full of bloopers of every sitcom ever made Seinfeld Julia Lu- Louis-Dreyfus she fucks up nearly every famous scene in that show
1: where's my boy oh my god <laughs> my George isn't clever enough to hatch a scheme like this
2: you got that right what
1: <laughs> hell does that mean Oh, come
2: on, okay, let's go, let's go. <clears throat> that means whatever the hell you want it to mean.
1: You're saying you want a piece
0: of me? Uh, obviously, yeah. Michael Richards doing the funniest things you've ever seen in a sitcom. He he never breaks character. He never laughs.
1: And he the best ready- one is where he drinks the pint of beer while smoking a cigar and yeah. then warps at the end. Or he shoves
0: a full cake into his mouth before going into a shop, and then <laughs> yeah. Jerry goes in and goes, "Actually, it's not what I want." And he's choking, actually choking on a, like a yeah. full cake. He's put down his neck, and they're like, "We'll try that again." He's just
1: copying the cake. I did a movie with Michael Richards. would you believe that? Did you? Yeah, one of the first movies he ever made was a Hallmark TV version of David Copperfield, and Michael Richards played uh, Kramer, uh, played Kramer. Yes, he did. Simon, he played Mister Macawber, and uh, and Sally Fields was in it as well, and he was. Uh, Absolute fucking joy to work with, but he absolutely played Mister McGauber like 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 Kramer. It was a uh, quite a sight to behold. It turned out to be an utter pile of shite and onions but he was a gentleman. Here's to feeling good all the time. <laughs> Eido, it's that time of the week. It's a quiz and it's another World Cup one.
2: It's the final World Cup quiz because it is finally finals oh, yeah, week. Oh of course. So here we are, and on the day of recording, we've got four teams left in the World Cup. So for the purposes of this quiz, you each get to choose now one of the four remaining teams who perhaps maybe are your personal favourites, who you'll think go on and may win the World Cup. Currently, we've had two rounds of this. Uh, We had the round of 16, the round of 8 we are skipping the semi-final or maybe that was last week and this is the final it's currently 1-1 so this is winner oh, winner takes all for the uh the plastic jewels for may trophy so as last week's winner john
1: mm-hmm.
2: you get to choose one of the four remaining teams to represent in the final
1: all right very good i thought we were going to get questions on that country or maybe we are
0: Who knows what awaits? But I will go with Croatia because I have them in two of my sweepstakes that I'm taking part in and they've served you well. They're a very, very
2: good unit. Okay. And if you don't take this the wrong way because you're a very slim man, but if you sunk your cheeks and we put a wig on you, you could be (laughs) Luca (laughs) Modric. My God. Absolutely take that one of the greatest fucking players in the world.
0: Still, best player of generation. And as my wife said when she saw me, what's wrong with that guy? I was like, (laughs) nothing. He's. An incredible athlete, so he like, oh, doesn't look well. You can't. Well, I was, I
1: was going to pick Argentina, but then Adolf say when you lost a bit away, you could play Diego, but I'm, so I'm not going to pick the them.
2: <laughs> very, un, uh, insultingly presumptuous of you, Simon. <laughs> yeah, but you would have. Now, I would, yeah, did I, you know who you would remind me of? Gabriel Batistuta.
1: Gabriel what the, the, the beautiful footballer he was when Indeed. he played for the Fiorentina. Are,
2: well. are you going... Is, is it a Croatia-Argentina final?
1: Um, no, I did... I did back not Argentina... not possible, but I never... I did back Argentina at the start of the tournament, but I did get France in the sweep and work, so I'm going to go for Alain Le Bleu. No one wants
2: to go for the underdog, you know, being Irish, everyone's comparing Morocco to the Jack Charlton story. No. no. They would have destroyed no. us the way they play. Okay, so we have uh, Croatia... And France.
1: Which is a repeat of the 2018 final. Do I get a point for that?
2: Yeah. (laughs) If only it was that (laughs) easy this week. So I tell you what, to kick us off, we are going to have uh, somewhat of a general knowledge round. It's not specifically about football. Oh, excellent. And it does pertain to the four remaining countries. And I stress that because the time anyone will hear hear this podcast, there will only be... uh, three teams left yes one of the quarter one of the semifinals will have happened Mm -hmm. on on Tuesday so either um, Argentina or Croatia will be gone so um, again John you have the the opportunity to go first so you can pick any of the four remaining countries and I'll ask you a question about it for one point I mean it has to be France really we'd like a a question about France now I did say this is general knowledge Okay, this could be horrible not specifically to do a football All right, here's your question on France what quintessentially French food item is it considered unlucky to turn upside down?
1: Mmm. great question.
0: It's almost insultingly stereotypical, but uh, un baguette is the
2: correct answer. <laughs> Très, bon. <laughs> Très bon. Bastard. Bastard. All right, so even though you're Croatia, you pick France and you get a question on that. It dates back to medieval times. That's one of the... Uh, uh, Theories on it, and it was to do when the executioner was busy in town, and he wouldn't have time to get in for his loaf of bread. The baker would go, "Don't worry, I'll keep one aside for you." So he turned it upside down. oh very good! Wow, oh, excellent! You, you wouldn't want to say no to the executioner. I got rid of your baguette. So, Simon, there's three countries remaining. Which would you like? A question from Argentina, Croatia, or Morocco? Please, I like to go Argentina. You like under Argentina? Okay, your yes. question is this: For one point, the name Argentina derives from the Latin word for what precious metal?
1: Well, I mean, <coughs> okay. well, Tina,
2: tin, uh, tin is really a
1: precious metal. Uh, I will go
2: for silver. Hearing the genius at work, it is the correct answer. Get the fuck in there. The you Latin take. word being Argentum. All right, so it is 1-1. One, one. Good start for both. We still have two countries remaining. So, John, back to you. Would you like Morocco or Croatia? Oh, Croatia I thought
1: Argentum was a part of your body, but I don't remember. Which part of your body? I don't know. I've got a smaller argentum.
2: <laughs> I could well have. Carry on. John, apologies for the uh, Sorry, Johnny, yeah, carry on. Yeah, uh, Croatia. Carry on. Uh, Croatia. Uh, yeah. Croatia. Okay, John, the Croatian <coughs> currency is called the kuna. Ooh. Point of note, they are changing to the euro in a few weeks' time, in January yeah. 23. But what type of small furry mammal is it named after? The kuna.
1: Jesus.
2: Mm. So many options. Uh, ferret it's close but it's not right the answer is a rodent it's a martin Ooh. as in a pine oh, right. martin which is the symbol on their coins you were oh, in the right
0: ballpark so. it's probably in the same family now if we uh, google it there
2: if we google what was your answer ferret ferret ok we'll send that one to the judges we'll come back to that ferret, it's, it's, gone to, it's gone to fire that gone one is far, it because I can't do two things at once Where's Brian when you need him? Oh, interviewing Salma. Hayek. for fuck's sake! Okay, so uh, we're we're pending uh, the VAR result on that. So Simon, I'll go on to you. Uh, yeah, John, you can check your own answer, but you have to you have to show me what you're googling. <laughs> so no cheating. So Simon, that means you have a question on Morocco, right? Oh, Simon, what yeah. is the national drink of Morocco?
1: I'm trying to channel my inner um, Rick Stein here. <laughs> And uh, I think he was see in. yourself in the souk. Yeah, I think he drinking. was in Marrakech, and I think I think it's a, I think it's tea, but I don't know whether it's a certain type of tea. But I think because they do that thing where they aerate it, they pour it from height from a height into a glass cup. I, I, and It's normally made with
2: leaves. I will tell like you, that. it's a tea, but I'll push it for a flavour.
1: Uh, well, then it was again going back to Rick Stein. I can see him sitting there, and I think. Because he's talking about breakfast. I think it was a. it's a mint leaf because there are huge leaves in the past. Mint tea.
2: <clears throat> Final answer? Oh,
1: come on, Rick. Don't let me down, you're all bugger. I've watched every bastard episode of see season since you started twenty five years ago.
2: And it paid off. It is the correct answer. Ah yeah. Mint I can still see him sitting there, yeah, mint tea. And after end of round one, we go back to John who has consulted VAOR. Will you please read out the official result from VAOR? Ferrets are mustelids. The mustelids family is the weasel family,
0: which includes otters, badgers, skunks, pine martens, and obviously ferrets. So
2: they're essentially. Um, but are they rodents? Yes, that does not they're both
0: different. rodents, both in the same family. All
2: right, I'll give you the point. Well done. It is level after round one. 2 well,
1: 2. The, <laughs> the French coach is going apoplectic in the technical area down here, pointing at the screen, going,
2: That's never a, a fucking Well, look, it hasn't been the got first. a yellow yet. Yeah. Issue within this World Cup that hasn't, you know, been a controversy with referees and VAR and all that. So I'm just, I'm just. Well, do you know what? Given Sam
1: Matafe, given Sam Matterface's commentary on ITV, I'm amazed he hasn't used the sentence. It is part of the road and family. It's the fucking worst
2: commentary I've ever heard in my life. Anyway, carry on. All right. No points for Simon's thoughts on the World Cup round number two. This is a quotes round, John. Again, right. you go first, John. What former England player said this? You've got to believe you're going to win. And I believe we will win the World Cup until the final whistle blows and we're knocked out. Was it A, Michael Owen? Or was it B, Peter Shilton?
0: That's something that would spill from Michael Owen's gob.
3: Mm.
2: Michael Owen he's wrong it was in <gasps> fact Peter Schiltz oh. I would have had Michael Owens I too, would too yeah. I was surprised when I discovered the answer so oh, well. that's a miss for John a chance for Simon to take the lead Simon what former yeah. Brazilian player said this I'm sure sex wouldn't be so rewarding at this World Cup it's not that sex isn't good but the World Cup is every four years and sex is not was that Pele or the original Ronaldo
1: uh, it's got to be the original
2: Ronaldo Is the correct answer. Well done, Simon. Takes the lead. All right. It is 3-2. Now, this is the final round, gentlemen. Okay. Mm. Because it was taking me a long time to even find these questions because I've used all the good ones in the last two weeks. That's that's, that's fine. But we will have a tiebreaker if need be. Okay. So we're playing to win the prestigious Golad Selects World Cup final. And it is our final round. It's a numbers round. John. Okay. Mm. how many of the Netherlands starting 11 were booked Ooh. in the 2010 final Jeez. Jesus
0: there was yellow cards flying during that game 2010 final
1: who did they play in that final
0: Spain I remember no, I Nigel do. de Jong tried to basically kill Zabi Alonso. oh yes I remember yellow that for now it. yeah yeah you've got one right so far yeah <laughs> uh, I'm going to say seven John,
2: John, 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 you're one wrong. Oh, oh, Ace. That's so oh, cruel. Include De Jong, Van Bommel, Arjen Robin, Van Percy, Ron Bronckhorst, and so on and so forth. Eight of them. So, Simon, you get this, you win. There's no need for the tiebreaker. Oh, OK. Simon, how many yeah. World Cup finals have been won on a penalty shootout? Uh, right.
1: Well, like I can think of one on the top of my head, which was uh, Brazil and Italy, Italian in uh, USA in 94. Uh, 98 in France wasn't. 2002.
2: John's in pain listening to you go through all this because he knows it. Johnny knows, does he? No, he's shaking his head that he doesn't. Yeah. But his body was contorting as if hes he does know.
1: I think it's just one.
2: Final answer? I think 94, USA. John, is he right or wrong? I think it's two. You would be Bollocks. right, John. Bollocks. When was the other one? So the first one, you were right, Simon. The first one, 94, yeah. Brazil, Italy. Brazil won 3 2 on penalties after who missed for Italy? Poor Roberto Baggio. Indeed, and then twelve years later, in two thousand and six, it happened again. Italy were also involved, but this time oh, they yeah. won it against the French after one hundred twenty minutes. It was one-one, and the shoot-out. Francis David. David Trezeguet. Yes, missed his shot, oh, and Italy gosh. won five-three on penalties. Oh, Either square. way, uh, are we all square? I yeah, think Simon's three-two. So. I think Simon's one. Oh yes but John oh. got his question wrong You got yours wrong Simon Yes I should have pointed out um, I should have been paying more attention Or had more interest in all of this That you, you had it won When John missed his Congratulations Simon so, well. so let me ask the non-gambler Which is not John Do you want to risk it all Simon On the tiebreaker And the incentive for you Is that if you do risk it You don't just win The Jules Rimet Trophy Right. You would also win... You're trying to think of something. Yeah, I am. What
1: six months' supply of Terry's Chocolate Orange.
2: Six months? One, That's a, a lot of, one a month. All right, I'll go for that, yeah. Yeah? Really? You I'm can, going to play, thanks, Bob. You could yeah. be bought for six Terry's Chocolate Orange. All right, lads. Oh, 100%, yeah. Okay, here we go. Just for the crack. The tiebreaker, once again, the answer I'm looking for is a number closest to it will win... <laughs> So at this year's World Cup, all 129 of the match officials in Qatar are wearing smart watches made by Hublot. Is it Hublo or Hublot?
1: Hublot. I think I think teased,
2: Hublot. You know the, the, that one. But how much is each watch worth? Oh Jesus. John. Individually? Yeah. Each watch.
0: Uh, I guess I'll go 120 quid.
2: Okay. I'm
1: going to go higher. I'm going to save five hundred quid.
2: One hundred and twenty quid versus five hundred quid. Simon, you're closer, but you need to add at least a zero onto that. Five thousand eight hundred dollars. Jesus Christ! Christ. And that there's Infantino a hun- guy. Do the maths. One hundred and twenty-nine of them wearing uh, you over a. You think of FIFA's a half record much. with
1: fucking watches? They would have
2: taken the heat off that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus well done, Simon. Christ. You risked it for a biscuit or more. Uh, Accurately, you risked it for a Terry's chocolate orange, not just one, not just two, six in all, and the plastic Jules Ramey trophy is yours. Congratulations. I am
1: currently dancing around the Maracanã, surrounded by ticker tape, sweat, uh, champagne, uh, white stocking tape that's down around my ankles, Uh, members of the staff who are running towards me, uh, and I'm a very happy man. I'd like to thank all the staff uh, for backing me. And most importantly of all, I'd like to thank my opponent, JC, for putting up such a good fight. And, Johnny, I'll give you a bit of me orange.
0: Thanks so much. I'm
2: currently clawing at you to get you to swap jerseys, but you're waving me away for some reason. <laughs> it's been beautiful sportsmanship uh, throughout this competition. So congratulations uh, to our two teams, John and Simon, and to our ultimate winner. It's been a memorable World Cup. Now, next week, lads, we will have one final quiz of the year. And Simon, I am relinquishing my quiz master duties back to you because you will wow. be challenging
1: well I think
2: it should be Johnny who's quizmaster next week and pitches Ooh. us against each other John, John's like fuck you I'm the only one with a full time job here I have more work to be doing <laughs> than you two and this podcast
0: <laughs> No I, I take the challenge Simon and I will have some doozies for you next week
2: Oh I can
1: imagine they'll be fucking dingers What have we learnt this week chaps?
0: We've learned that much like life the World Cup has ebbed and flowed has uh, some controversy some good stuff some bad stuff but in the end, great teams prevail and somebody gets COVID.
1: Well, and that's the truth.
2: can happen to the best of them. Um, I, know. I learned that uh, our movie reviewer and dear friend Brian Lloyd has a better lunchtime date this afternoon than I do.
1: Well, that's also a fucking big truth, isn't it? I've also learned that there are 37 stripes in the wallpaper in this bedroom. <laughs> because I've had fuck all else to do for the last 48 hours. See ya!